Speaking of, Simon Hill is on the line. The global game, of course, tonight from 8 o'clock. Morning, mate. Um, talking about the Matildas, Sam Kerr's going to miss these matches against Canada. He, he's got a few out, Tony Gustafsson, hasn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, and obviously the uh, natural replacements, or at least one of the options, would have been Holly McNamara, who's had such a great start to uh, the A-League women's season with Melbourne City. But unfortunately, she's done the dreaded ACL. We seem to be seeing a lot of these injuries at the moment, particularly in the women's game. Um, so she won't be uh, uh, given her chance to, to stake a claim. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if, if Caitlin Ford plays in that central position. Um, it, it's unfortunate, and you know, obviously Sam is a, is a key player. But uh, rather her miss a friendly series against Canada than um, you know the Olympic qualifiers early next year. Yeah. Um, speaking of Canada. I noted the story. So these will be the last matches for their legend, Christine Sinclair, who's going to give it away at the age of 40. 190 goals in 327 games. So uh, three Olympic medals along the way and the all-time record for international goals. That's a huge story in the world of football. Yeah, it's it's an amazing achievement by Christine Sinclair. Um, I was lucky enough to... See her in a uh, final tournament in the, the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. And, um, you know, in common with most of her teammates, she didn't have a, a particularly great tournament. She missed a penalty uh, against Nigeria in the first game. But she will go down as a legend of the game, not just the women's game, but, uh, you know, the, the game in total. And uh, I think it's going to be a long time before somebody breaks that international record, 190 goals. Wow. Uh, she's been going so long. I think some of her teammates at the World Cup weren't even born when she made her debut. So uh, she'll be missed. Uh, I'm sure she won't be lost to the game. Um, she's got too much experience. All right. Uh, Suncorp Stadium, the playing surface under question. Now, you've been for quite a long time calling for boutique purpose-built stadiums in Queensland and the surface of Suncorp comes under question after Brisbane's win over Perth. Both coaches criticised the turf. Both the men's and women's games were played there on Sunday afternoon. So what's the what's the outcome here? Well, you know, the outcome is, is one that sadly many of us predicted. You know, it was only two or three months ago that Matildas played at Suncorp Stadium and we had uh, the Prime Minister there wearing the scarf and uh, all the politicians spruiking how brilliant it was and how much money the Matildas had brought into the economy via football. Um, and here we are a couple of months later and we're back to square one, quite frankly. Uh, and it's just not good enough. Um, you know, that surface was uh, not only poor, but it was dangerous for, for the players. Um, and their health and welfare has to be a priority. I'll also point the figure at the two o'clock kickoff for the men's game. I mean, quite why we're kicking games off at two o'clock in mm. Queensland uh, during, you know, ostensibly the summer, and we're not even at peak summer yet. Uh, just, just beggars belief, to be honest. So, I, I think there's a few things to be looked at. Obviously, the longer-term solution, and I've said it many times. I think most people in, in the football community agree with me, is that Perry Park needs to be made into a home of football. Um, I, I would love to see all the stakeholders come together and work as one to try and make that happen. Um, the government's not going to pay for it in its entirety, but, uh, you know, maybe if we can uh, structure some partnerships together along with local business and the government as well, uh, perhaps we can, you know, build a modular-type stadium, which is very much in vogue. If you haven't seen it, by the way, Vancouver FC in Canada has built a modular, uh, I think it's a 10,000-seater stadium or 15,000, something like that, uh, for the equivalent of about $15 million dollars. 
which is extraordinary. Um, so it can be done. Um, not every new stadium has to be uh, a whopping 60,000 all-seater with, uh, you know, bells and whistles and costing $3 billion, as the Gabba is, by the way, uh, or maybe $2 billion. Um, so it's, it's time we started to try and find some solutions. Otherwise, you know, World Cup or no World Cup, we just end up back at square one. And sadly, that's what many of us predicted. And here we are. And that uh, that um, stadium in Vancouver, that's where they'll play the second of the friendlies, isn't it? So is that the one you're talking about, BC Place? Uh, I, I don't know for sure, to be honest, Matt. I'm not mm. even sure if it's ready as yet. But uh, anyway, mm. look, it's certainly in the works. If the Matildas do play there, then we'll get a nice a nice look at it and, and see how it can be done. But uh, this is very much the future, I think, of uh, of stadiums. And certainly for a code like ours in this country, um, where we need smaller stadiums, rectangular venues with roofs on, you know, it's not just about yeah. the rain, it's about the sun as well. Um, people are getting third-degree burns at Suncorp Stadium on, on Sunday. Um, so... It, it's time we started to try and find a solution, and, and maybe the solutions are not always the obvious ones. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, that would be my plea, is, is to have some sort of a stadium strategy, which I, I see was echoed uh, by the Players Association yesterday. Mm. And just uh, a final one, reflections on Terry Venables. So we, we've heard from a range of footballing identities across so many different paths that Terry Venables... Um, went down. England, Australia, Chelsea, Tottenham, um, everybody's had their say. I saw Robbie Slater did an article in this morning in the in uh, the telly about that infamous night at the MCG and, and his reflections on all of that as well. So we're talking about somebody here who who quite literally had a footprint in so many different ways across a couple of different countries in the world of, of soccer football. Yeah, look, at, you know, you can add Barcelona to that as well, where he won trophies. He was one of, uh, you know, the pioneers, I, I guess, in the 80s. Um, English coaches didn't tend to go abroad, but uh, Terry did, and he was successful with Barcelona. Um, he had a very global view of, of the sports. Um, he was a very charismatic guy. I was fortunate enough to interview him a couple of times, and uh, you, you could certainly feel that charisma. Um, and he was a smart guy as well. You know, even as long ago as the 1960s, uh, he was sort of a limited company in his own right. He, he opened a nightclub. Uh, he wrote a television series called Hazel, which uh, older uh, British listeners might remember that went to air in the 1970s. You know, he wasn't just a, a football man. He was an entrepreneur, really. Um, but in terms of the game... His teams played super football. Uh, he probably didn't get the rewards in terms of trophies, or at least the number of trophies that he probably should have done. And of course, the great what if is uh, is you know the 1998 World Cup campaign when Australia really should have qualified against Iran. Uh, had they done so at the outset of that golden generation, Kuehl, Vaduka, Lazaridis, Robbie Slater, you mentioned so many good players. Who knows how far they might have gone at that World Cup? But uh, Sadly, we'll we'll never know. But Terry will be missed. Mm. That's for sure. Yeah, I didn't know that about the about the Hazel connection. 
I'd heard, I haven't seen, but I've yeah. heard of the show, and there was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay, right? So he was, he was um, part writer with Gordon Williams. I'm just, I've just googled it while you said it. Right. So a Cockney private detective character created by journalist and novelist Gordon Williams and Terry Venables, who wrote under the joint pseudonym of PB Yule, um, and then turned into go. 22 episodes. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah, he was a clever guy, Terry. Very clever guy. <laughs> yeah, all right. I reckon I don't think we've ever covered that ground before about athletes, uh, former athletes who've also written TV shows. But anyway, we cover new ground at all times here. Good on you, mate. Thanks for your time this morning. Have a good one tonight. Thanks, Matthew. All the best. Simon Hill, the global game. You can catch it right here, of course, on SEN, right across the network. Um, Terry Venables, a lot of people have had their say. Ange Postacoglu spoke yesterday about his passing. Mark Bosnich said he was a wonderful manager and an even better man. Um, Gary Lineker, of course, on social media. So the reaction, very, very widespread. And in um, a Code Sports column this morning, Robbie Slater has reflected on that night back in the MCG that and the way that it played out in the dressing room and, and just his connection there um, with Terry Venables at that time. So we lose a great one at the age of 80. It's 20 minutes after 11 for our Sydney listeners, 20 after 10 if you tune in via the SEN app in Queensland. We're back after this break.